Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. We are continuing our sermon series on this. Have you invited God into your situations in life? Amen. You have to invite God into the situations of life. And Daniel 317, I'm going to give you some really cool points. I really believe they're going to help you get to the next level of what God has for you. And man, I'll tell you what, we really appreciate you guys being faithful in your giving just for a high note, because how many of you know your giving is making a difference, you know, through the outreaches and through the ministry, it really makes a difference. So we really appreciate it. Look what it says here in the message Bible. It says, if, now, this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they start, yeah, you could just stay in the message unless otherwise, it's just really going to be helpful. I want you to see, if you throw us in, remember we read this, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar throws out this thing, he said, if you don't bow down before the golden idol that I made, you're going to throw you in the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you could, you could take your golden temple thing and fly a kite. We ain't worshiping your goofy God. I love it, right? It just, uh, that's my language right there. You know, I ain't worshiping your goofy God. We ain't doing it. And I love this terminology. I want you to write this down. If you're ready for point number one, I like giving you points. I want you to take takeaways. You know, I've been in this series where you take some lessons home with you to apply it to your life, to change your life. Number one, I want you to God can, but even if he doesn't. Write that down. God can, but even if he doesn't. I want you to get a mentality of victory. Look what it says here. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace. And anything else you might cook up, O king. But even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bitter difference, O king. We still won't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Man, I'm going to tell you right here now, I got two things. God that we serve can rescue us from everything. But I like the second phrase in this, in verse 18, he says, but even if he doesn't. And man, that is what I want to talk to you about tonight. Do we have the understanding that, do we have the kind of faith that even if he doesn't do it kind of faith? Just write that down. The even if he doesn't do it kind of faith is the key to being an overcomer. Because I got a lot of things I want God to do. Sometimes they don't work out the way I think they're going to work out. But God said this, guess what? I'm going to make sure everything works out perfectly. Look, they knew the king's command and the Lord's command. They knew what the consequences of obeying God would be. The consequences meant to disobey the king. And that's what I want to ask you tonight. They knew, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew this. The consequences of obeying God would be the consequences of disobeying the king. And sometimes in life, you have to keep the, the, what, the obedience to God, knowing all well the minute you obey the word of God, you are going to face some consequences in the earth from what is pressing against the kingdom of heaven. And what that means is this. Here's two great points. Number one, the God that we serve can rescue us from anything. That is so important. But sometimes I think what happens is we feel like, man, God, if you don't come in and get me out, I don't see how I'm going to make it. But we've been asking you, instead of you just trying to get out, invite God in. That is so important to me because here's the key. Look what it says in the Message Bible, Psalm 119, 170. Psalm 119, 170, it's really, really uh, reads very well. Give my request your personal attention and rescue me on the terms of your promise. Psalm 119, 170. Give my request your personal attention and rescue me on the terms of your promise. That right there is the blessing at the overflow. I promise you this, God can do it. I love it. It says, give my request your personal attention, God, and do what? Rescue me on the terms of your promise. Make sure that I realize that those promises are going to come to pass. But here's my word. But even if he doesn't, man, I like that caught me today. What do you mean if he doesn't? They didn't just focus on getting out. They focused on letting God in. And that's what I want you to do. Sometimes in seasons of life, 
we're so ready to get out, we don't even think about inviting God in. If you really ask yourself this question is this, can you still trust God even when it doesn't look like everything is working out the way you thought it was going to work out? Can you still trust God when it doesn't look like my faith is moving things like it should? Can I still trust him? I love what they said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had this. They said, even if God doesn't, we ain't going nowhere. And I think so many times in life, if you're not careful, we get real quick to do this. Well, God, if you do this, then I'm going to do that. God, if you do this, I'm going to be okay with that. God, if you move this, I'm going to be okay with this. But if God doesn't do it the way you want to do it, let's be honest, sometimes we get a little bit like, well, God, you didn't do it the way I thought you were going to do it. And we have a little bit of a pity party sometimes. I'm not mentioning no names. We have a little pity party sometimes where it's like, well, you know, God, you didn't do it the way I thought you were going to do it because you didn't do it the way I thought you were going to do it. I'm kind of mad. You can't get mad at God for maybe not doing it the way you wanted to do it. Question is this, can you still trust God even when it doesn't look like he's doing it the way you think he's going to do it? If you're only focused on God bringing you out, then you're going to be disappointed because God doesn't do everything on your timing. Write that down. God doesn't work on my timetable. I work on God's timetable. That is so important because you'll get weary in seasons in life thinking it's time for my next season, even though God said you're still in this season. Amen. So I want you to look at, look at this. Psalm 43.1. I love this. This is great. So think of this. If you're only focused on God bringing you out, you're not going to enjoy the place where you're at. Come on, man. You better all get ready start getting excited about this. Look, look what it says in Psalms 43.1 in the Message Bible. It says, clear my name, God. Stick up for me against what? These loveless, immoral people. Get me out of here from these lying degenerates. <laughs> Amen. It's like, get me. Everybody in this season of life, you're like, get me out of here. Y'all don't tell the truth, man. I'm going to get funny now. You can feel it, right? I like, you know, like, get me out of here. I don't like this season. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever thought about being in the season you're in? So let me make it personal and practical. If you're only focused on God bringing you out, you don't enjoy where you're at. So let me ask you a question. Is it about God just meeting every single need on your timetable? Or is it we invite God into what? the moments of life, so we can learn what we're supposed to learn in this season that we're in. Because if you don't learn in this season what you need to learn, the next season might be more difficult for you to what? Function. So here's my question. If God doesn't take you out of this season and put you in the next season, can you still give him the level of praise he deserves right here and now? Come on now. You don't know what I'm talking about. So here's my thing. Am I developing, write this down. Here's what I got to remember. Am I developing even if, what, he doesn't move the way I think he's going to move? What does that mean? Am I developing if he doesn't do it kind of faith? Now, that sounds so, like such an oxymoron, but let me ask you a question. Have you developed even if he doesn't do it kind of faith? Now, you got to ask yourself that. What do you mean by that? Well, think about, look at look, 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 look this. Look at Paul. He said, get me out of here. God said, I ain't getting you out of here. I'm going to give you the grace for the place. What if God doesn't move your season and just gives you the faith and the grace in the season that you're in? See, that's where development starts to take place. Because here's the thing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, look, we go to the fire. We'll go to the fire. But guess what? We got to invite you into the moment. I think so many times in life, if you're not careful, you'll miss the learning lesson in this season you're in. Because, guys, this is what happens. Write this down. Don't ever forget this. You have to learn to be comfortable in the season you're in. You can't, listen, this sounds so bad in church because we're supposed to be people of vision. We're supposed to be people of dreaming. We're supposed to be people of foresight. We're supposed to be people of the next level. We're supposed to be thinking forward. We forget those things that which be behind, and we press towards the prize of the goal. Let me ask a question. How many of you have been in a season, it seems like you've been in the same spot for five years? 
Don't feel like there's been no press for no prize. Doesn't feel like there. Look, I'm talking real right now. All you people want to believe what I'm telling you, it's the truth. How many feel like I've been in the same season of life, but I'm learning how to enjoy the place that I'm at on the road to where I'm going? I think this is the problem. We allow circumstances to tell us what we're going to do when we need to be telling circumstances. You're not going to change who I am. And if you think about it, seasons of life are not as fastly perpetual as they are seasons of where you step in a season, it lasts a period of time, and then you step into another season, and it lasts another period of time. God ain't moving as quick as you think he's moving, and this is what we do. Are we inviting God in? Why? Number two, write this down. God, don't just change the circumstance. Change me. Change me. I'm in this season to learn how to change. Don't just want, help me not to just go through the situation. Help me to grow through it. Help me to learn. Help me to increase in the arena of faith and let my character come up even higher. 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, and 18 is a great place to start. But let me ask you a question. Are we asking God to change us? Or we just, think of this, guys. Now think, y'all home, you're watching me. Tell the truth, because I could see you through this little screen. Listen, do we say this? God changed the circumstances all the time. When have we ever said, God, change me? You ain't never prayed no God, change me prayer. You pray, God, make the nut person at work that I haven't had to see for the last six weeks, and I really have enjoyed it, make them get a new job. Come on, right? You're like, God, Thanks be to God, but praise be to God. Change the world, but don't change me. Because I'm pretty much perfect. You know that. You know what I mean? That's how we think. We're thinking like, well, there ain't nothing wrong with me. God changed everybody else. But here's my question. Have we asked God in this season of life, because look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, hey, look, I don't care what it takes. God is going to what? He's going to come in the situation and help me overcome but here's the key. Think of this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said this. If God don't move, we don't care because he's still God. How many times do we say that? We say, if God, you don't move, I might not go back to church. We say, God, if you don't move, I don't. Look, guys, let me explain something to you. You know your prayer life, when you ain't getting your way, your prayer life ain't too hot. Come on, I'm being real here, right? I'm trying. To, we're growing through this thing. Your worship isn't as good when you don't feel like God has been moving in certain seasons. So here's my question. Look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 3.16. Other though, you turn the face of God as Moses did. God removes the veil. And what does he do there? You see God face to face. Then suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, the old constricted legislation is recognized as obsolete. He said the law ain't it. But watch this. All of us, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually become Brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. That's so good, ain't it? Why? Because what happens is we got to invite him in. And here's my question. Think of this. Change, write this down. Change requires making choices. Okay? Change doesn't come just because you're in a time period. Change. You See, time, time doesn't mean growth. Choices means whether you grow or not. Time, you can stay in time for the rest of your life. Time changes nothing. Decisions change everything. So just because you stay in a situation for time doesn't mean you're growing. Doesn't mean you're developing. And that's what I want you to do. You got to ask God. Some of these seasons are going to last for a while, guys. And I know you don't like that, but it's true. Change requires making choices. It's true. But look, I've walked with God for a season of time. And if you guys are honest with yourself, seasons are not always changing. You learn how to bring God into this season, and you learn how to enjoy this season, even though there's not a lot of change. Because God's presence is, see, God wants his presence to be your number one priority, not the things he does for us. It's important, guys, to embrace the place. Here's the thing. Change requires making choices. It's not enough to dream of changing. 
it's not enough to desire changing. In order for you to change, you need to make a decision. You must choose to change. Write that down. That is so good because change is intentional. Did you get that? Change is intentional. Are you going to be different in six months? Are you going to be better a year from now? Are you going to be healthier, stronger, more mature? Are you going to be happier? Are we going to be less in debt? Are we going to be more like God wants us to be? I can tell you what, right now I can give you the answer. It's only going to happen if you choose to change. Because it isn't going to happen accidentally. That's the biggest thing we're going to see. In these seasons of inviting God in, we have to surrender to God transforming us in the place where we're at. So important. It requires a choice. A lot of times we think we're waiting on God to change us. No, God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to make these changes. We have to make intentional choices in order to grow. There is no growing without change, and there is no change without loss, and there is no loss without pain. If you're going to grow, you're going to have to change, and change means you've got to let go of some old things in order to grab hold of some new things. Man, I'll tell you what, that sounds great, but I'll tell you what, that's a process. How do I produce lasting change? Because this is what I think. And if you ask yourself this, this is so true. So many times in life, I started asking myself, you ever ask yourself this? Why do I want to change? I thought about this. You know, if you Google, right? I, I tried Googling some stuff, right? So praise be to God, I'm Googling it. I'm like, you know, and they tell you all the ways to change. So like if you Google, why do people change? You see all this stuff, like, here's the five ways to do it, here's the 15 things, here's the six decisions, here's all that. That's not what I asked. Why do you even want to change? That was my question. The minute you start searching it, it starts telling you, here's how to do it. But I asked myself the question, what brings the desire for a person to change? Because it seems like some people, they could care less whether change happens or not. They're just happy being where they are. They're going down the whatever street dead end alley, whatever it is. But here's my question. Why do you want to change? Why do you pursue change? And I really felt the Lord gave me this. The key is this. How do I produce lasting change? Well, we're going to learn how to do that. But here's the question. Why do I even want change? Because guys, remember this. The minute you see another level of life that you can have, you're either going to make a decision to go after it or you're going to make a decision to leave it alone. That is one of the greatest catalysts for change that I see, especially with the things of God or anything in life. If you, see, you want, if you see a different financial plane from the word of God, that God said, I could prosper you, I could bring you wealth, I could bring you health, I could bring you a happy marriage. Look, guys, you know like I do, we're not going to force change if we don't really feel like we could achieve it. Most people quit on change because they can't get a clear picture of it. But how many know, once we get a clear picture of it, now we got to get intentional in a plan to go receive the change. Why? Because as we invite God in, now this is the key, inviting God in to your finances mean you start getting the plan of financing what? The way God sees it. If you invite God into your marriage, what do you do? You start seeing a godly marriage. Now everything's changing. If you start bringing God into the family situation, you start looking at different situations. I don't know about you, but how many of you always feel like, well, I want to change, and then we see what it's going to cost to change. You understand the sacrifice. That's what's so good. There's a level of loss if you're going to change. You're not just going to change, but you're not going to just sit there in a room and just change. You're going to have to put the practical tools of change together. So here it goes. How does the uh, ability to make changes in your life, or how about this one? How do I produce lasting change? What does the inability to make changes in your life do? It frustrates you. It frustrates you. Maybe you concluded that you'll never change. Maybe that there's an aspect of your life you tried and tried, but you feel like, man, I'm stuck. I can't change. I've got good news for you. Jesus Christ can change anything and everything in your life. And that's what it is. Here's the thing. Look, write this down. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we just read it, right? I got a different translation. As God's spirit works in us, we are being transformed to become more like Christ. This change from one degree of glory to another comes from the Lord. Now, here's a big thing right here. Write this down. We have to overcome personal deficiencies in our life 
And as you see those, you're going to understand that that's where application is really going to take off. I've got some personal dif- dif- differences, difficulties, things that I know i got to work on. Amen? You say, Pastor Chris, this has really encouraged me tonight. Well, it will in the end. Because right now, this is how you grow. Because here's the thing. If you start inviting God in, he's going to start transforming. Amen? That's the key you got to get. And most people are like, well, you know, it sounds good, but now i got to invite him in. You got to let him come on in, inviting God in. There are some personal deficiencies. Maybe you could say there's some areas of growth. Call them areas of growth. Here's the thing. Watch this. Why do we feel like we can't change? Well, one of the reasons why is this. I have lived with this problem for so long, I'm just used to it. I lived with this thing for so long, I'm just used to it. I've been dealing with this thing for so long, I've gotten used to it. I don't even know how to overcome it. I don't even know if I can overcome it. God said that we could change from one degree to the next degree. I don't know about you, but have you done this? I've done this. Like, I've wanted to, ch- I've said for years there were certain things in my life I wanted to change, right? How many feel like, well, you know what? I want, how many have been losing 10 pounds for 10 years? Don't raise your hand, right? You know what I'm saying? How many, how many losing 10 pounds? Every Monday I'm losing 10 pounds. Come on, somebody, right? Right? Everybody's like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. For 10 years, and every Monday, I'm going to get together. How many of you like, praise God, I'm going to get on that treadmill? I promise, I swear to God, I'm going to get on that treadmill. That treadmill's got my name on it, my God, and everything. I'm going to get on that stair stepper. I'm going to work that thing. Come on, right? How many, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to change. How many going to change your financial position? I'm going to start saving money. Praise be to God. Right after, the, right after the next sale of Dillard's, I'll be saving my money. I promise. Right after this next sale at Dillard's, I know, you know, hey, come on, it's, it's Memorial Day weekend. Come on, there's, there's, these deals are too good to pass by. Now, look, I know I got a shopping addiction, so leave me alone, all right? Nothing's open. But you know what I'm saying? But tell the truth, right? You change it. How many are you changing? How many are you changing everything? Well, we're going to change this house, right? We're going to change the atmosphere of the house. That don't work. And what do you do, right? We're going to change the atmosphere of the house. We're all, how many are you losing that 10 pounds? Don't raise your hand. I told you that, right? How many are you going to say, you got, we're going to move, praise be to God, we went to the Jimmy Evans marriage seminar. You know what I'm saying? You been to that? Oh, yeah, I blew it the fur out of the parking lot. You know, I was like, I didn't even get out of the parking lot. I blew the whole Jimmy Evans thing. Three days of work, I undid it. I tell Jimmy Evans this, hey, Jimmy, three days of your work, I blew it from here to there. Five minutes, not even, it was done. How you like that for a record? Come on, right? You been there? How many went to the, you know, how many like, you like, what's that guy, Michael Todd? You know Michael Todd? The guy, Michael Todd? He talks about getting left. Remember he got talked about? It? He got left at the marriage seminar. Praise be to God. He did worse than me. I'm one up on Michael Todd. Praise be to God. He got left at the thing. She left him there. How do you go to a marriage seminar and your wife leaves you? I'm telling you, right? You know, man, I, well, praise be to God, honey, we're going to change our marriage. Hallelujah. I, I went to Jimmy Evans, was trapped in the room. I went to Texas, right? South Lake, Texas. You can see the church. I got in the room. There's like 150, me and Paul Karen in this room with Liz, right? I'm like, I'm, I can't get up. You can't even go to the bathroom. They got cameras everywhere. And it's like, Jimmy Evans, I'm sitting there with a notebook. I'm registered. <laughs> <laughs> I got paperwork that says I'm registered to help people with marriage counseling. I can't even fix my own marriage, praise be to God. Praise be, I'm doing good now, but there was a season when we wanted change, but it didn't look like no change was coming. My God, I'm preaching right now. You don't hear me. Let me get a drink of water. You made me work this hard to get here. You hear what I'm saying? How many of you believe? Now, listen. You married people know what I'm talking about. You were like, Praise be to God. We are working on our marriage. It's 15 years later, and you're just making headway. you got to invite God in early and start working on the process, because guess what? Can you love your spouse even when your spouse is unlovable? See, now I'm in a different path. See, now I can look back and go, man, all that stuff worked out. All that stuff paid off. But in the middle of it, it didn't get better. It got worse. Come on, man. You ain't laughing. You, ain't, you know I'm telling the truth. Amen. You did it twice, so be quiet. Amen. Praise God. He got, I don't know how I got the same girl to marry him twice, but praise me, God, whatever. All right, listen. Right? So you see what I'm saying? But did it get better? No. How about your finances? You started saving money. It didn't look like you were, make, you were like scraping nickels. But you got to put the time in, right, 
to get the growth out of it. But if you don't decide to make change, what happens? Well, I've been living with this so long, I don't care no more. No, that's not how change works. What did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego know? I'll tell you right here now. My God can get me out, but if he don't get me out, I'm going to bring him in. That's what they say. So when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you about your marriage. God, get me out of here. God, deliver me from this mess. No, 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 no. No, no delivering you from the mess. Invite God in. You know, I got a great story. My buddy's dad, he's a great pastor, great, great preacher, fantastic preacher. He's got a huge church in Florida, thousands of people in the church, and he tells the story, and his father is a great man of God, but his mom and dad, they were getting ready to get divorced. And he said, I was driving to go get divorced. He said, I'm telling you right here now, I was in the car by myself. I dropped her off. I dropped the kids off. They shut the door, and I was going right for the lawyer to get rid of her. And he tells the story. He'll tell it right there. And he said, as I was riding in the car, he said, the presence of God came in the car. He said, I started weeping like a baby. And God changed our marriage in one minute, in one moment. And they've been married like 40, 50 years, whatever it is. See, change can happen, but guess what? You got to start getting intentional about inviting God in. He started praying about it. That's what he did. He prayed. He said, God, I'm ready to get out of this thing. And God, he must have touched God's heart. So God came in and gave him what? A touch from heaven that changed his life forever. Guys, listen, you got to invite God into your marriage. You got to invite God in. Here's one thing too, right? I've, I've, I've lived like this so long. I don't, I'm used to it. I don't even know if I can get change. Invite him in. How about this one? Because I identify with it, and now it's become a part of me. Some things in life I've identified with so much, I've made it a part of me, I don't even think about changing anymore. Guess what, though? You still got to come to a place. It seems like the defects or something in our life seem like they're going to take so long to change and correct, I don't even want to try. See what I'm saying? Sometimes in life we just go, oh, I can live with it. But no, you can't live with it. You got to invite him in and you got to fix it. That's one of the most important things I think I could tell you is that if you invite God in with his word, he could start transforming your life. He could start changing your life. Because here's the thing. Here's another reason. Why do I have a problem with change is this, because the enemy won't shut up about it. I'll tell you what, he's a nag, man. He's the accuser of the brethren over and over and over. All he keeps showing you is what's not working right in your life. I'm so tired of hearing that, I don't even want to try anymore. You know, all the things I'm not and all the things I cannot do. Boy, I'll tell you right here now, sometimes in life, you don't really need anybody to help you in this thing. You feel like, man, I'm not doing great over here, and I'm not doing great over there, and, you know, I'm not doing too hot over this area, and I got area over here, and boy, the devil, he says, we don't, you know, it's always like, wah, 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 wah. He don't ever shut up. You know, he's like a yippy dog. He just keeps yipping and yipping and yipping and yipping. And just when you feel like, man, God almighty, can you get me out of this? Guess what? I don't even want to talk about change. But here's the thing. What does it take for real change to happen? Okay? So let's just talk about that. Why? Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you think about it, they had a different kind of thinking. What does it take for real change to happen? Write this down. Number one, real change begins with new thinking. I got to get new thinking. Hey Amen? You do. You got to start thinking different. How do I start thinking different? Well, Ephesians 4.23 says it like this. Ephesians 4.23. There must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and your attitudes. A spiritual renewal of my thoughts and my attitudes. Ain't that the truth? How many got some messed up thoughts and some new attitudes need adjustment? Come on, right? That was a big show of hands. Real change begins with new thinking. How many need an attitude adjustment? Raise your hand. Come on, somebody. <laughs> like, you know, the kids go, you know, the family goes to chiropractor. I, I, God bless the chiropractor and all that stuff. And one day I went in there with everybody, and they all get adjusted and all that. I said, can you adjust attitudes? Is there any kind of adjustment for attitudes with this? Because if you could, could work it out with them guys, adjust all their attitude because that's what they need. Real change begins with new thinking. That's what I got to do. I got to think different. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a different kind of thinking in the problem. Because God knew for you, seasons ain't going to change until you start making a choice. Amen? I'm telling you. Now, people don't like this personal growth stuff sometimes because like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. Tell me how great everything is. Well, it's not going to get great until you get changing. Because you got to realize something. This is what's so important, and I need you to really see this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't have an easy road. They turned up the fire seven times hotter. It's getting worse serving God. It ain't getting better serving God. This crazy king showed up with a great idea, 
But I got news here. I'm not bowing my knee to this clown and his God. So I'm sticking with God, and here's the news for you. He can get me out, but even, man, I'm telling you what, but even if he doesn't, we ain't moving. That is what I'm saying here, man. I want you to get this. Can you get the even if he doesn't do it kind of faith? Write that down. That's the best way I said it tonight. Even if he doesn't do it kind of faith. I mean, I tell you, I tell that story, right? I went to, I mean, I had a dry season, months. Look, all these people preaching all this pablum, pulpit, puppeteer, pablum. They ain't telling the truth, man. I'm telling you right here now. You will go through dry season with God, and I think he just wants to see what you're going to do in the middle of the dryness. Because everybody wants goosebumps to stay in Christianity. I got news for you. This gospel ain't easy. Now, I'm not picking on preachers. Understand what I'm saying? But like, everything's great, and everything's going to be wonderful, and everything's going to be perfect. I got news for you. That's a bunch of baloney. Ain't everything going to be great, but you can make it great. Everything isn't going to be awesome, but you can still stay in God's awesomeness. So here's what happened, right? So I went through this thing, right? So I'm dry. I'm talking about reading the Bibles like you the preacher of the church. I'm at the Miracle Center, and the Bible is like reading a blank canvas. I can't hear from heaven. I'm praying. It felt like I was hitting a, is this Is this ministering to somebody? If, <laughs> is this helping anybody? If I tell them myself, will this help you? No, I'm spiritual. Every time I pray, I feel God. You lie right there. You better repent, right? And I, I'm, I'm praying. I don't feel nothing. I don't see nothing. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Can I get a witness? Can I, um, huh? Can I get an amen? Ha, um, ha, right? It's getting worse. It's not getting better. And I'm praying. Everybody say praying. Praying ain't working. Come on, somebody. <laughs> somebody say the praying wasn't working. I'm praying in tongues. And let me tell you right now, we, we, we praying in the spirit, but it wasn't getting better. My, my, everybody say my burdens weren't getting lifted. Ooh, come on, somebody. My burdens weren't getting lifted. Come on, I'm getting close now. My, can, can, is this getting bad? If it get, I, I got a tan, so be careful. Don't get, keep me in the light, right? My, 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 burdens were, <laughs> my burdens weren't getting lifted. My prayers weren't getting answered. I was getting mad. I was reading the Bible. Nothing was helping. I was praying. Nothing was helping. How do I look, D? Tell me. Right? I'm telling you, nothing's getting good. I got to back up, back up. All right, D, back up, right? I'm, I'm praying. It's not, I'm telling you, right? So I go to Miracle Center, and now I got to preach. I'm thinking, man, last thing in the world I want to do is go preach. Ain't nothing going right. Prayers are empty. Now, listen, was God hearing me? Yeah, he was hearing me, but God doesn't always answer in your timing. Let me tell you something. Remember how I talked to you about that? I said, the teacher don't talk during the test. The silent season in God is a testing season. You better write that down. You're going to need it, <laughs> right? The silent seasons in God are the testing seasons to see if you've been studying up on the material. Woo! You better get that. I got to go slow. See, I'm in a teaching pocket. See, I've been teaching you guys lately. Now you're all in that teaching gift. Sorry. The silent seasons. That's that preach right there. What do you do in the silent season? Anybody could, listen, anybody can make it in the happy shouting season. What you do in the silent season? Let me tell you what happens in the silent season. Are you ready for this? Remember this. Don't ever forget this. In the silent season is where you develop your relationship. In the high season, that's when you develop levels of character at a different level. In the silent season, you develop. You have to go deep in silence to develop a relationship so you could stand up loud on the top of worship in a different place. I said this today, I don't remember many of the mountaintops, but I can promise you I remember every one of the valleys. I'll tell you that right here now. Come on, Ms. Flo, you know what I mean. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell who's here. You know what I'm saying, no? Come on. You know what I'm saying? You ain't hearing me. Listen, you hear me? I don't remember many of the mountaintops. I remember every one of those valleys. Yeah, you know, you walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. I remember the valleys more than I remember the mountaintops. Why? Because the valleys, when I knew I had to pull on the mountaintops, easy to shout. 
It's down in the valley where you get the where you get the level of the next season of life. Amen. When you go through something, amen, and you still got praise in your mouth, even when you don't feel like praising them. You still got to shout. So I'm at the Miracle Center. I'm losing it, right? I'm praying, ain't nothing happening. I'm reading the Bible. I'm praying in tongues. I'm doing it all. I think I even tried to anoint myself with Crisco for crying out loud. I did everything I could possibly do to try to get something to happen. And you know, and you ever try to do this? You try, you pray and you think this is it. Ooh, this was my breakthrough, right? You ever do this? You ever do this? Some of you don't even spend no time with God. Y'all need to pick up your relationship. Come on. You, you pray, ooh, God, ooh, this is it. I felt a, goose, a little bit of a goosebump. And you're like, that's it. I got a breakthrough. You come out. You're like, nah, I'm in the same junk I was in, man. I didn't get out. Right? And then you're like, woo. You know, you go to a sermon or something like, like Bishop Jakes will preach you happily. You're like, woo, I'm out. And then you go in the car and you're like, I ain't out. I'm still jacked up. Oh, my God. How long is this season going to last? And you pray it. You know, you give, you give. You're like, I give every, I give you, die. You, you, you're desperate. You'll give offerings. You'll do whatever it takes. The offering didn't get you out. You listened to the man of God. Man of God gave you command. You ran out there and said, go, God. Still ain't out. Still busted down. Don't know how I'm going to make it. Feeling it. Pressing in and season. It's dry. So I go to the Miracle Center, right? Miss Cat that did all is crazy. So I go down there, and I'm looking at these dudes, and they're like, what in the world's all around I said, God, I don't care if you hear me. I said it out of my mouth with a mic in my hand. With a mic in my hand, I'm preaching. I had the mic. I could, look, here, stay here. I got the mic in my hand. I'm like, God, I got news for you. I'm preaching. These people think this dude's crazy. He, he stopped preaching, and he's talking to God while we're here. Half these dudes ain't even in it anyway, so I'm like, whatever. I woke some of them up because they're like, what's wrong? Is, the, is, the man, is, the, is that guy talking to himself up there? And I was. I didn't care who was in the room because all this is sometimes is an, uh, is an audience of you paying attention to me talking to him. So I go, God, I just want to let you know, I don't care if you answer my prayers. You know this was waking some of these dudes up. I don't care if you answer any of my prayers. Matter of fact, don't answer my prayer, God. And I wasn't ornery, but I was serious. Don't answer my prayers. I know what, God? Don't move in my life. Shut down heaven. I don't care if heaven, shut heaven up. Tell heaven go on vacation. I don't care what you do. Don't answer my prayers. I told you this before, but it's true. It makes more sense when you're in the silence season. Don't answer my prayers. Don't, don't touch me. Don't give me them goosebumps. When I listen to my favorite song, don't let me get no woo going on. None of that. I don't need no touch from heaven. I don't need no breeze from no angel's wings. I don't need Jack Diddley. I don't need you to touch me. I don't need you to listen to me. I don't need you to answer no prayers. I'll tell you what. I read the Bible from cover to cover. It could be like dry chalkboard toast. I don't care if you move. I don't care if you talk. I don't care if you do anything. I don't care what you do. I just want to let you know I ain't going. Going nowhere because I don't care what I see, I know what I believe. And do me a favor, don't touch me because you might set my faith back. I like this place here of development. I screamed and yelled, These dudes look at me like this guy lost his mind, he's done. And in the middle of it, right there, I made I never forget as long as I live, I made a right turn and the power of God hit me like a brick, hit me like a blanket. Man, it'll touch you right now. It, whew, it hit me. I said, My God, there he is. He's here right now. He's in, he'll come in your house right now. Why? Because I, I, I don't know much, but I, know, I tell the truth. I don't ever tell you stories. I turn the corner. It hit me. I stepped in it. And I, and I knew I was out. But it was quiet. It was so quiet. You know what? Remember I told you this? Jesus' greatest temptation was in the silence. It's always in the silence. The greatest temptation you will face in life is not pain, because pain, I could still feel something. It's in the silence. I asked that question a long time ago. I said, Jesus, the Bible says, the Bible says, that everybody forsook him. And I said, John, John never forsook him. John went all the way. John forsook him in his silence. 
Because he could have said something before the high priest, but he chose to say nothing. Jesus' greatest pain was found in the silence. My God, why have you forsaken me? It's silent. So silent. I can't hear anything. I always felt you. I always heard you. But now I got nothing. Greatest pressure of your life is always going to be in the silence. But don't let the silence suffocate you. Embrace it. It's the greatest place where you'll connect with God. Because you go deep in silence before you ever go up in the noise. It's always like that. Silence. But it's not easy. So how do I get this change? I gotta change my thinking. It's okay to be in a silent season. It's okay. It's okay to be in the fire. I don't mind having fire. Maybe he's not taking me out of the fire. You ever ask this? What if he doesn't take you out of the fire? What if he leaves you in there? What if you gotta stay in the fiery season longer than you wanted to? You can't stop. Doesn't this? Don't keep living in this confused state thinking that everything's got to be right in my life for God to be in my life. Don't keep thinking that everything's got to be, well, you know, if I'm serving God, shouldn't this be easy? I think if you're serving God, it gets worse. But he comes into the fire. He comes into the worst. He comes into the pain. He comes into the problem. And he shows you that the circumstances do not determine the elevation of my praise. But my praise is determined beyond my circumstances. That's what happens. Something changes your life. Think of this. Do not think this way. When is the last time we took that place and said, God changed me this deep? God moving my life this deep that I could never be the same again. Here's another thing. Remember, it's not what you want. Write this down. It's not what you want that will make the changes. It's only what you're committed to that real change will come. Write that down. And it's going to make more sense. I broke it up, but when I put it together, it's going to make more sense. Write down. Remember, it's not what you want that will make the changes in your life. It's only what you're committed to that real change will come. You can want a lot of things, but what are you committed to change? You can want a lot. I, yeah, I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, until you get committed, you'll be talking about it for 10 years. Yeah, I want to go say, yeah, whatever it is. I, that's, I'm not picking on nobody. Hey, Amen. you understand what I'm saying? I, I, here's another thing. You got to write this down. Right? Do you understand that? What are you committed to change? If you're not committed, what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Mendigo say? We committed all the way. We all in. Cost us our life. We ain't going nowhere. We're in this thing to the end, amen? Write this down. I don't need just to go through stuff. I need to grow through it. Are you growing through it or are you just going through it? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you growing through it or you going? Come on, are you growing? Come on. Look at your neighbor. There's like eight people in here, right? <laughs> look at your neighbor at home, amen? <laughs> That's why I lost my train of thought, I got to admit, right? I'm like, there's eight people in here. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody got somebody. There you go. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And the two in the sound booth. Hallelujah, amen? Right, right, right. Ask, look at your neighbor. Come on, you eight people. And all you people watching at home, I love you. Just stick with me, right? Here's the question. Am I just going through it or am I growing through it? Ask yourself, am I growing through it or am I just going to it, right? Am I growing or am I going? Am I growing or am I going? To, I'm just going through it. I ain't learning nothing. You know, like the kids are like, I don't care. No, are you growing or are you going through it? Use this stuff. Help me not to just go through the situation. Help me to grow through it. Help me to learn. Increase faith character. Bring me to another level. What I say? The next level. Come on, you got to go to the next level. Why? Because this thing, you got you to gotta make sure you, you bear the right fruit in the middle of the process. Amen? It's true. I'm going to tell you right now, as much as you might like this, when you believe and trust the Lord, you're going to grow. That's the key. Here, write this down. Understanding this is most important. I think we grow in seasons. I think it's really important. What can we learn in these seasons of life? That's important. What are you learning in this season of life? I say, I ain't learning nothing. I'm so mad in it, I ain't even paying attention. I'm t- this, that, let me tell you, this is really good stuff if you listen to me. I don't think anybody really likes it right now. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, 
I'm so mad right now. I don't got what I want. I don't care what God's trying to teach me. I ain't here for no lesson. You been there? I'm so mad. I'm so frustrated in this season. I'm in. I just want out. You learn anything? No. Trying to learn? No. You happy? No. You got any praise? No. You doing anything good in it? No, I'm mad. I can't wait for my next season. Well, you're just going to take your, you know what the problem is with you? You're going to your next season and you're your worst nightmare. You're just going to get there and be grumpy. You got to understand something about God. Don't you think God's timing's perfect? Don't you think God's going to bring you in your season when it's time? Don't you? But don't you think God is going to shave off some of them rough edges? That's that scripture I gave some of these guys. I say, God gets in there and probes you and, and smooths off your rough edges. Boy, that's a good one, ain't it? How many like that? I don't want none of that. That's why I got a wife. Glory to God. All right, praise God. I didn't say that out loud, did I? The, the, I what I mean? The rough edges. Calm down. Why can't y'all be nice? Y'all be rough on me. Right here. You ready for this one? You're going to need this. Everybody say, you're going to need it. It's true, right? Check this out. Watch this one. Jesus, write this down. This was me. Jesus might just let you sink. Write it down. You don't like it. I don't care. I didn't come here to make you happy. I'm Jesus. Jesus didn't make nobody happy. He told me, Jesus might just let you sink. But I promise you this. He won't let you drown. Write it down. Yes, yeah, good, but I didn't get many men's on that one, Angela. I only got one. Eight people, and now you got, got the other guy. He follows up a little late. Come on. Amen? Come on, you understand what I'm saying? Did you get what I'm saying? He might just let you sink. What you going to do if you sink? He won't let you drown. He's letting you grow. Jesus might just let you sink. What you going to do if you sink? Get mad? What do you mean? Jesus might just let me sink. Sooner or later, you might feel like you're drowning, but I got news for you. He ain't going to let you drown. He will help you in every area of your life. Two things I thought about. God will come into your life in a corporate place where you need him, and God will come into your life in a personal place where you need him. Write that down. That's important. What do you mean corporate and personal? Think of this. Luke 8, 22 in the message. You're going to love this. He might let you sink, but he ain't going to let you drown. You know what I'm saying? What's that mean? Peter had to go through some stuff to develop character. Amen? You're going to have to go through some stuff. To develop. I'm not talking about loss and, uh, uh, and tough, rough, but you got to go through some stuff to develop some character. Peter wound up be he's cussing at the lake. He got problems falling in the lake. He's cussing at the fire. He's got all these things going on in his life. What is God doing? He's cultivating him to the point where later on, Peter's shadow healed the sick. How did this guy go from a guy that was almost, Sunday's going to be really good. I'm talking about finding the next level breakthrough, but I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about arenas of people's lives that it looked like this season of life, but then it changed and it got better. I'm really giving you some really stuff here. Look at Peter. Peter doesn't look, imagine this one. Can you imagine this? Picture this, okay? Just pictures in your head. Jesus is on a cross. All right, this is a, how many know that's a serious moment? Right, he's dying on the cross. From the cross, he looks at his mother. He looks at his mother and tells his mother, John, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. John, you take care of my mother. And he goes, Peter, you go build the church. I'll be like, look, Jesus, <laughs> that, that crucifixion has messed with your mind. I'm sorry, in all due respect, you got it mixed up, bro. Maybe you're seeing stuff. But that's, that's John. He... You know, taking care of your mom's a big deal. I get it. You, everybody loves their mother. Glory be to God. But can we give Peter that? I don't think he could screw that up. How about we let John, better resume, John will build the church and Peter could go like chill out and walk with your mom every day down to the lake. No, he didn't say that. He said what? He said, John, you take care of mom, but Peter, you go build the church. Jesus didn't look at Peter's qualifications based upon his resume to determine whether the calling was still still and sure. He didn't look at his character in last season to tell us if he was disqualified for next season. Oh, somebody better hear me right there. He said, what? The gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. I can't take them back. Go do what I called you to do. What was the greatest thing he asked Peter? Peter, do you love me? What? What's love? It's the proof of a new willingness to listen. Peter, what? Do you love me? Why are you asking me the same question three times? Because I want to know if now you're willing to listen. 
The proof of love is found in the willingness to listen. That's why people want people to listen to him. If you don't listen, then you ain't really showing the heart. Amen? What do you want? He wanted him to listen. Peter, do you love me? Peter gets mad. Peter, do you love me? Peter gets mad. Peter, do you love me? Man, I, asked, I just hurt his heart. He didn't understand. But Jesus was looking for what? The willingness to follow instruction, the willingness to listen. And he knew once he was ready, he said, this guy's ready now. He's reformed because of his past failure has now promoted him to future success. Because he knew, let me tell you something right here. Now, Peter knew what that seashore. When Jesus walked by the fire with fish, he stripped himself naked and dove in the water and said, that's the Messiah. And he came to that place on the bank of the shore knowing what? Here's my second chance. Last time I left him in disarray and dismantled it and walked away and I was failure and he had to live with that regret. Regret is the greatest pain anyone will feel. Bumped out. He said, I got a chance to make it right. And he got to the master and he said, what? He said, master, he said, I know it's you. He said, come on. What's up? He said, do you love me? Come on. Jesus didn't rebuke him. He could have rebuked him. He could have said, you're a schmo. Look what you did. You were doing all this crazy stuff. No, what did he say? He said, do you love me why i want to requalify what i called you to be i want to requalify you for the commitment yeah man i'm real, just that's all i want you to recognize i didn't forget you know what peter must have thought i'm gonna get rebuked what would you think i'm about ready to get rebuked i'm gonna get in trouble i'm gonna get re, i'm gonna get in trouble trouble jesus didn't say nothing about it he said do you love me what did he do he reestablished the calling because peter lost sight of it not because jesus lost sight of it but let me ask you a question was it okay to fall in the lake? Yeah. Why? Because it taught him how to walk on water. Was it okay for him to cuss at the fire? I think it was. Because it showed him later on in life how to keep his mouth clean. Was it okay to deny him? Yeah, I think it was. Because later in life, he can what? Confess him before all men. Everything you go through in life is a process. You do, listen, you want to know what the greatest thing of all is? You're not perfected, guys. I'm still in the process. But you got to invite him into your life. And when you get in fire, I'm going to tell you right now, as church, I've been there. Well, everything I'm doing right, why is it going wrong? I'm doing everything right. Why is it going wrong? I'm doing everything right. Why is it going wrong? It's true. Things go wrong even though you're doing things right. But guess what? Just because it's going wrong doesn't mean he can't come in. I know. Stuff happens. Think of this. In the message in Luke 8, 22, look at this. Go, go. Give me a couple minutes. One day, he and his disciples got in a boat. Let's cross the lake. Amen? He said, and off they went. It was smooth sailing, and he fell asleep. A terrific storm came up, and suddenly on the lake, water poured in, and they were about to capsize. They woke Jesus and said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Getting to his feet, he told the wind, silence, and the waves, quiet down. They did it. The lake became smooth as glass. Then he said to his disciples, why can't you trust me? They were in absolute awe, staggered and stammering. Who is this anyway? He calls out to the wind and the sea, and they do what he tells them. Listen, he didn't say you weren't going to go through the storm. He told you he'd be with you in the storm. He didn't tell you waves weren't going to come over the side. He just told you, I'll tell him peace be still when it's time. Listen, don't get nervous, man. Just sit there and go, let the waves come. Let the storms roll. He's going to be with you in a corporate setting. Now, what do I mean by that? I want you to see this. He's going to be with you in the stuff, the big stuff that comes in the family. The doctor's report that doesn't seem right. The stuff that comes in that tries moving people. Maybe, maybe, you, got, maybe you got a bad report or maybe you got... This marriage ain't working, or that kid's not going in the right direction, or we're financially not going to make this, or we don't seem like that storms are going to come, but when storms come, don't worry about it. You got the storm keeper at bay here. Even though it might look like you're in the fire, trust me, you'll come out unharmed, because you know what he said this? He'll make you fireproof, he'll make you storeproof, and he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. And that sounds like a cliche in the church, but I got news for you. This is why you go through the seasons of life you go through. So you can see God's faithfulness, and he's prepping you up for even greater seasons of faithfulness. Look what he said right here. In Matthew 14, 25, I want you to look at this. He will help you in your personal growth, and he will help you in your corporate growth. Amen? I'm going to give you this one, and we'll go. Look what it says here. We're going to read a little bit. In Matthew 14, 25, it says this. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and Jesus came them walking on the water. They were scared out of their wits. A ghost, they said, crying terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. 
Courage. Comforted them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter suddenly got bold. How many have been bold? How many, how many got bold? You know, you got bold for a season and then you got to stay out there? How many were excited about the promise and then you got to stay out there for six months? Yeah, y'all praising God, right? He's like, hey, yes, amen. And then you get out on the water. And it's like three months later, you're like, oh, thou, where is it, thou, Lord, oh, my, oh, God? You're just out there. They forgot to tell me the faith it took to get out there is the faith that keeps you out there. The faith that, you know what I'm saying? The faith, like, you get out there, yes, it is I. Bidest me come, come. You're like, yes, it's me, super Christian. And then you're like, hey, hey, uh, uh, you, ever, you, ever, you ever get put on hold? You ever get put on hold? I mean, you ever been, not even where the music's playing? Thank God for the music because that makes you know somebody's on our line. You ever get put on hold and there ain't no noise on the other side and you think, these people hung up? You ever been there? You ever been there? You ain't, ain't never been there? Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, they forgot about me. Amen. <laughs> How many of you been doing that? Right? I talked the other day. I went the other day and somebody's like, hey, praise God, let me click over. And they clicked over. I was like, it was like 10 minutes later. I was like, I think they forgot. Hallelujah. I think they forgot. How many of you been there? You know what I mean? At least with the music, it kind of keeps you like connected. Like, ooh, somebody's there. Do, 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 do. You know what I mean? You're like, even though the music's disgusting and you can't stand it and you're mad, you at least know you got some noise, right? It's like elevator music. Like, you're like well, but at least you got noise. So when you got noise, at least you know something's happened. What I tell you when it's silent? Seems like ain't nothing happened when it's silent. Like, hello? Hello, you there? Hello? Hello? You're like, you look down at your thing and the timer's going on your phone so you know you're still on hold. 20 minutes. I think they forgot about me. That's, that's like the Lord. You step out and it's like he puts you on hold. Um, can we uh, speed this up? Now just stay out there on the water. Well, how long am I going to stay out here? Uh, don't worry. You'll, you'll know. And you're like, do, 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 do. Hey, God, it's been two years. How long do I got to stay out here? Waves and wind. He ain't in no hurry. But all the while, you're learning trust, confidence. Let me tell you, don't, don't, don't let me, don't, you got, some of you got ankle deep. Some of you even got knee deep. Some of you got waist deep. Some of you almost went under. But he ain't going to let you drown. He never promised you you wouldn't sink. He just said you ain't going to drown. You went under. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you go to that marriage seminar and you fighting before you leave the parking lot, you got neck deep. Come on, when the joker got left there, he went over his head. Come on, man. You went to the finding, my God in heaven, we did the Dave Ramsey financial seminar. We are going to get out of debt. Hallelujah. You got eight bucks in the bank account. Come on, man. Help me, Jesus. Right? Phone's ringing, and they ain't wanting to know what's going on. They want some money. And you're like, we're going to get out of debt. We're going to make it, baby. Praise God. <laughs> ah! Some of you are like, I'm going to fast today by force, not by choice. I feel spiritual. But you made it. Let me tell you, empty cupboards sometimes make you more grateful in full ones, man. Because you knew what it took. I'm telling you, man, this stuff, you look back, it's the battles you came through that give you the character for today. And this is what happened. Let me say, and Peter suddenly was bold. Don't you get bold? I'm bold now. Yeah, until the wind starts blowing. <laughs> I'm bold in church. How about you, right? I thought I was bold. You know, I'm going to tell you a story, right? I thought I was all bold about casting out devils, you know. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be good at it, you know. Like, praise be to God. Wait till the first devil I find. Oh my God, in heaven, I'm gonna find somebody manifest around me. I'm gonna get him. You hear all these stories, you know. Praise God, I'm so cool. Man, I got I got this one dude. I started witnessing to him. Oh, you're gonna love this one. I told you I put the Joker on a bucket in the van because I had a van. I had a work van. You know, I had one of those white creeper vans. You know, <laughs> man, I was working out of it. You know, and the guy goes. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. I'm an, and he was, then he was, he wasn't an atheist. He was, a, he was a, 
No, he wasn't even agnostic. He was satanic. <laughs> yeah. He's satanic. He was. He had the Bible and everything. Man. He had the Bible and the pendulum. And I go, oh, I can handle this. Come on in the van. First mistake. Don't let nobody in your van. You don't know God devils, right? So I get, I'm serious. True story. No, I don't exaggerate. I don't lie. I don't need to. I'm funny enough, right? So I, I put this dude on a bucket because I'm like, if I put him in a seat, I had the, his, he had his lady friend and he was whacked out and his lady friend got saved and he's sitting on a bucket. And I swear to you, without no exaggeration, he started growling. <laughs> this sermon's going way off the edge, right? And I was like, what in the world is he doing? Yeah, I was all bold, right? Like, praise be to God, first devil I see, my God, I'm going to cast the devil out of bro. I punched him in the chest, knocked him off the bucket. I was like, well, praise be to God, work for, work for Lester Summerall and Smith Wigglesworth did it work for me. I was like, come out of him. And I, you know, when you're on a bucket, you don't take much to f- knock somebody over. And I hit him in the chest and he went flying over. The bucket went flying. I was like, how you feel, better? He's like, I don't know. I was like, well, just get out of the van because I don't know if it worked or not. But that's good enough for me, amen. Why? It sounds good until you face it. It's, uh, how many know financial? Oh, praise be to God. I'll, I can believe God. Yeah, for 20 bucks. Now you got to go believe God for 2.5 million. How is your faith doing now? But if you don't go through the $20 believing, you'll never get to the $2.5 million believing. That's the truth. Listen to me. Listen, when you don't go through that silent season, how are you going to know in the easy season? How? Praise be to God. I bless them that curse you. Do good to them that despitefully use you. Guess what? They're coming to despitefully use you. They're going to come. And when they come up, don't get shocked and go, what shall I do? Well, they cuss you out. Well, guess what? Welcome to the club now. You got to bless them that curse you. I thought this was all theory. We really got to do it? Yeah, on a daily. He falls in the lake. Peter suddenly bolts him. Master, if you're really you, call him to me and I will come to you on the water. <laughs> he said, come. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down and the waves were turning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. And he said, save me. You know, I seen that picture one day this week. You ever see that picture? You see Jesus, like it's a shot coming up from the water, and all you do is see Jesus leaning down. You ever see that picture? It's a cool picture. If you haven't seen it, go look for it. I wish we had it. We could show it. But you see this picture. It's like this. It's like you could see through. It was like, it was like if you were underwater and you were shooting up, you could see Jesus through the ripples of the water. And, and you ever see it? It's really cool. Go find it. You'll find it. And you could see him. You could see him. Lean, he's leaning down to go get Peter, and you see Peter's perspective reaching up to go take his hand. Let me tell you what, baby, I might sink, but I ain't drowning. I might go underwater, but I, he ain't leaving me there. I've been underwater a couple times. How about you? But I didn't drown, part of God. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You get under there sometimes. It's all right. He never promised you you weren't going to sink. He said you ain't going to drown. We've got some failures. Look what he says to him. He said, what? He said, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hands, and he said this, oh, faint-hearted, what got into you? Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and called him and held him and said to him, oh, you little faith, why do you doubt? Two of them climbed into the boat, and the wind died down. The disciples in the boat said this, having watched the whole thing, worship Jesus, this is it. You are God's son for sure. You know what? I think sometimes we got to do that. Man, this stuff is like, you know, I think it's, you know, look, I'm going to be real right here. I think all this stuff's real about him coming through and doing miracles. But, boy, I'll tell you what, you're going to sink sometimes, go through some fire, get in some spots, and then you see him come through and go, you God for sure. You know what I'm saying? Tell the truth. You ain't lying on yourself, right? You know, like, it all sounds good, but he really God. And I know you know he's really God, but sometimes when you're in the fire, you lose focus. Sometimes when you lose the focus, you lose some of the feelings. And sometimes you got to just recalibrate where you're going. Change can come, guys, but you got to invite them in. Remember, sometimes we, we can't work on what we're weak in without the seasons of life. We got to get there. Can't work on what you're weak in unless you go through some of these seasons in life. But I promise you, if you start working on them, God will change them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up on your feet? Let me pray for you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. This is so important, amen. I want to pray for you guys. I'm believing God for great things. I know you're going to do this thing. You're going to keep it right. See the change and transformation he has for you. Just lift your hands to heaven.
Father, I just thank you right now for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you that you're moving supernaturally in their midst. I thank you that you're moving supernaturally in their life. I thank you, Lord, you're going to bring change and transformation. I thank you, Lord, you're, 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 you're letting us navigate. We're going to invite you in. We're going to invite you into this season. We're going to invite you in to our arena of life. We're going to invite you in. Maybe you're going through a dry season. We're going to invite them in. We're going to be faithful no matter what. Maybe you're in a season right now, you don't know what to do. We're going to invite them in. We don't know. God, I'm in the fire. But just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say it is, my God can get me out. But even if he doesn't, I got even if he doesn't kind of faith. Man, I like that. That's my, that's my confession. I got even if he doesn't kind of faith. How about you? I got even if he doesn't kind of faith. That I know that my God is God. He'll work it out. I don't know what he's going to do, but I know he's going to get me out. He's going to get me through. He's going to let me grow to another level that I've never been before. It might be quiet and it might be silent, but I know he's there. I don't have to hear him or see him to know he's moving on my behalf. I'm trusting. Trusting where I can't trace him. Walking where I've never been before. Blazing a trail. Pioneering. Not a prisoner of yesterday, but a pioneer of tomorrow. Pressing in to the greatness that God has for me. Father, I thank you for blessing them and keeping them and watching over them and transforming their life, each and every one of them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Listen, we love you guys. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Chris Sarno. If you would like to learn more about Chris Sarno Ministries, we invite you to join us today at chrissarno.tv.